CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answers. We start off this day. We want to once again remind you that uh, uh, we do this each and every weekday uh, for you. It's live radio, and uh, perhaps as you share your faith, read your Bible, you come across something you don't understand, hey, we want to be there for you to help you do a better job for our King. And so, again, that number to call, 8888-ASK. CSN is the number to call. You can be part of the program today by simply calling that. We've got some lines open, and so we look forward to talking to you today. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Join me today's special guest and featured CSN speaker that comes on one hour before this program does. We have with us John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South Orange County, down by San Clemente. Hi, and welcome, John. Mike, good to be with you here on this Tuesday. Excited to see what the Lord has for us on today's program. Always a blessing to be with you. Look forward to answering some questions with you. And what's going on down in uh, South OC and, uh, well, in California at all with all your new absolutely insane laws? Wow, it's crazy times. Right. This is where we live. We live in, uh, you know, near near the, the darkness and uh, of Sacramento, uh, and you know, listen, the fact is we're called to be salt and light and we're getting a real opportunity to do that, Mike, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, really get, we get opportunities to be salt and light down here. So, uh, we're thankful for it. We trust in the Lord. He's faithful. He's working. Amen. And, uh, again, no matter what happens, we, we just keep going. We're, we're the energizer bunnies, you know? Uh, and, uh, I, I like to say we're noisy little sunbeams is what we are. Yes, <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Caleb on the line in New Mexico. Hi, welcome. Howdy. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the call. For real, I appreciate it. Um, so my question is in regards to Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, when uh, Jesus is talking about make sure, you know, or he's talking about the light that is in you. It is actually really darkness. And so I guess I had a question, like, how am I supposed to know whether or not I'm, like, saved and because I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for my sins on the cross. And it's like, so what is the difference between that right there and believing in vain? Like what, what exactly is, are those hand in hand? And then finally, I know this is kind of a complicated question, but like if I have fear that I'm not saved or something, or like I question whether or not I am believing in vain, um, I guess it's kind of, maybe I'll just, ended off on that. Well, real quick, Caleb, I think, first of all, if we ever have self-examination, like, how do I know I'm really saved? Or how do I know the Bible is real? Or how do I, I know that Jesus died on the cross for me? I believe that is healthy. Now, let me explain why. Because if we just say, this is what I believe, because that's what my church believes, that's all. No, you, the reason why we know we're saved is because we can base that upon what God's Word says. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There was a song we used to sing in Sunday school years ago. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. 
And I believe that, again, as Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. So there should be fruit in our life, not based out of works, but really based out of faith that we are able to come to a, a, a logical conclusion why I believe what I believe, how I came to that conclusion, not because someone just told me. And there's a big difference between between um, how to think and what to think. And again, when somebody says, well, that's just what our church believes, that is really a bad answer because you have not logically looked through it. How do I know that I'm saved? How do I know heaven is real? How do I know... Well, what is the basis then for our faith? And this is good in that we can go and say, well, I look at the book of Revelation, for instance. I can see how it's saying that we're all, the world is headed for a one-world order, a one-world monetary system, a one-world leader that's evil that's going to reign over all this. And then I look at the world today and I see it is falling into place 100%. Only God would have known the future at that level. And because, again, one-third of the Bible is prophecy, and two-thirds of those prophecies have already come true, I have a, I have a basis for my faith. I think one of the worst things people can do is park their brain in the parking lot when they work, walk into church. I think you need to have evidence for your faith. I think you have to have facts for your faith, not just to say, well, this is what uh, I believe because uh, that's what I'm told. No, you need to know why you believe and why you believe it. And when you do, I believe your life will demonstrate that, in fact, you have passed from death unto life. Your thoughts, John? Well, Caleb, I thank you for the question, and I yes. just want to remind you of a few uh, passages of Scripture. The first is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, and it tells us how we are saved. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, and it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we are saved by God's grace through believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ and trusting in him for salvation. The Bible also tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. These are the promises that are uh, from God's word. So when I begin to doubt, am I saved? What do I do? I go back to what God's word says. God's word says, this is how I'm saved. And it's by God's grace. It's through faith. I believe the people ask Jesus there in John's gospel, what can, what good work can we do that we might inherit eternal life? Jesus said, this is the work that you believe on him whom he has sent. Finally, uh, I would like to say to you, Caleb, in first John chapter five, verse 13, John says this, these things I've written to you who believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the son of God. So Caleb, <clears throat> the fact that you believe, if you believe in Jesus, if you've confessed him as your Lord and savior, if you've turned your life to Christ, um, the Bible says that you are saved. And what will follow the fact that you're saved is your life begins to change as you yield to the work of the Holy spirit. And you'll see the fruits of the spirit begin to flow out of your life as you abide in Christ. It'll be a, it's natural, but it's really supernatural. So I pray that you're encouraged, Caleb, 
and um, you continue just to trust the Lord. You believe in him, live for the Lord and, and watch as he continues to work in your life. Amen. I hope that helps. Oh man, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you guys and everybody who's listening. Yeah. Amen. Caleb, great question. I think it's something that all of us at different times will ask ourselves. And that isn't meaning you have a lapse of faith. That means that we can cognitively look at what the Word of God says and say, this is why I believe this. Again, there is evidence for your faith. There is archaeological evidence for your faith. There is historical uh, evidence for your faith. There's, there's, all these things are, are, are there so that we don't just well, this is what I am. I'm a robot. I've been told to say this, and so that's what I say. No, we, we know why we believe what we believe. And I, I don't have to backpedal when, when somebody, that's why the Bible is the, the, the anvil that many hammers have worn out. Stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. And uh, a little book called Time to Grow, which will also encourage you as well. Let's go to Patsy in Pine Grove, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. How may we help? Yeah, I, um, my granddaughter texted me um, today, and they had a friend that said that they texted this video called Global Awakenings, and they said they sent it to her husband because the Holy Spirit said that he needed, it was something he needed to hear, and she didn't know what it was. And so, so anyway, so I just... Global Awakenings, I think it's affiliated. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys know. That's what I was going to know. She wanted to know if it was something she should steer clear of. And they didn't feel right about it. I don't. But it's. Uh, I think it's um, affiliated with Redding Church, uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. Well, um, I am not familiar with this, uh, this um, called Global Awakenings. John, are you? Well, I'm looking it up even as we speak, and what I find here, it says that Global Awakenings, that they're, they're for all believers everywhere. We represent an opportunity to receive power from God. We offer ourselves as evidence that God uses the unqualified, and they go on to say we'll strengthen each other through community and theology. Um, they said to the sick, we offer a community of faith that will believe for your healing. To the skeptic, we offer our stories. We offer our stories and lives for Jesus. It's interesting because one of the things that I saw, one of the speakers who was listed here um, is a founder, an apostle, and imparter named Randy Clark. Um, I'm always a little skeptical, uh, more than a little skeptical, when someone refers to themselves as an apostle. Uh, I'm always just a little weary of that without doing a ton of research. That's the first red flag that I have. I don't know much about the ministry. I'm not familiar with it, um, but I just am looking it up online and kind of getting an idea of, of what's there. You know, they want to cultivate revival. They want, they got, it's, it's just some of the, the terminology I would say, Mike, just causes me to go, uh, I need to look a little bit deeper and, uh, when someone refers to themselves as an apostle, uh, can you can you type in there to see if it's affiliated with Bethel uh, in Redding, California? Yeah, it doesn't say so much. Okay. That is a uh, affiliated. It's it's it allows you to you can. There's certain speakers that are part of the Global Awakening. I you know honestly I don't recognize any of these speakers. Um, I they don't. I'm not familiar with 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 who they are. But it sounds like an organization that does. 
um, events and and so forth. But I, I don't really know enough about them, honestly. I apologize. Yeah, and and I I can't answer more on that either, Pat, Patsy, because I'm I'm not aware of it either. Um, and this is you know sometimes things are a little concerning. The parrot church organizations that are out there doing things, it makes it hard sometimes to really trace where they're from. Now, in other words, if this uh, was from the Billy Graham Association, let's just say, well, I'm, I'm familiar with Billy Graham. I'm, I'm familiar with that. But when it's something I'm not familiar with, um, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that, you know, off the cuff, I can't really give a, a positive or a negative answer on it. Now, one of the things, of course, you can do is you can watch it, and uh, if it goes off, it goes off. Uh, it, usually, you don't have to watch something very long before you, you know, uh, start seeing, you know, them. Well, we're 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 you know we're casting out the demon of chocolate. We're casting out the demon of thirst. When you start getting into weird stuff like that, then you, you then you know they've taken a stride from the master's side. But without really looking at it, and without really truly, you know, uh, checking it out. I, I think that we, we, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to say anything, uh, bad about it. And I can't, of course, recommend it. I don't know what it is. John, have you found anything else? Well, I see that it says that the global awakening was birthed by Randy Clark in 94 as a result of God using him to bring the fire of revival to the Toronto airport Uh-oh. Christian fellowship. And so, um, that that's where it all started apparently um this revival as they're calling it but again when i just read over this and i see people taking titles like apostle and it it definitely causes me to be a little more suspect the interesting thing is when you go to let's say for example their statement of faith it looks pretty clear but what they say they believe in the statement of faith versus what they practice isn't they don't often align themselves with one another, which we have to be Bereans. Now, regardless of where this particular ministry is, I, I think Pat, Patsy's asking the right questions, um, and and I think we have to be we have to be careful of that. And some of the phraseology that they use to describe what they do, it it again, it makes me just kind of go, hmm. I need to. I, I've I've known certain circles that use those same words and use those same phrases that are suspect and and seem to be a little off, and so. It causes me to pump the brakes, but I would I would do a little bit more digging before I could say dogmatically, "Hey, watch out." But there are some concerns. Just reading some of the the phrases in, in this limited time that I have. Very very quickly, John, uh, you mentioned that he was part of the Toronto blessing, and well, the Toronto uh, the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. Oh, okay, okay. So so, all right. Well, I I that's about all we can say on that, Patsy. And can I say one thing? Sure. Yeah, they said um, they're everyday prophets, and they have this school to teach the prophets, and that mm. doesn't even sound right. No, that, who that, teaches the prophets? No, no, no I, 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 that's, um, I don't know. It, 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 that, that is, that would be suspect to me. Um, right, that would be that would be a concern, yeah. and there could be more later on the program that we'll come across. I'll, I'll keep doing some digging. Yeah, that's we'll, what we'll, I, we'll keep doing so a far. little bit more research on it for you, Patsy. Uh, but if you like, I'll send you out something I hope you'll really like. I'll send you the movie Jesus, a little book called Time to Grow. I think those will really encourage you, okay? Thank I you will so say much. That, yeah, I was going to oh, say, Mike, go they ahead, do John. call their school. They call their school the School of Supernatural Ministry. So, um, which again, it's just those words and those the way it's phrased and the way it's said, it just causes you to go, okay, I need to, I need to really pray through that. The School of Supernatural 
ministry um, and what that what that exactly means. So um, that's interesting. So hope that helps. It does. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Dean in Grangeville, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hello, Mike. How you doing? Uh, good, great. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's a beautiful day in Grangeville. It is. Hey, uh, I, I had a I had a question about last week. I was listening, and I think it was on. I think Brad Dacus was there, and uh, that would be Friday. Uh, I'm 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 assuming my I I believe my my gift is giving. Although I have hardly any money, but the thing <laughs> is, the Lord always provides. I'm I've never been without a place to live. Never been without food. And I want to know about giving to St. Jude's, and I think you guys discussed this last Friday. Something, something that Brad said, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a different guest you had, and uh, I don't know if it was derog. It wasn't. I don't. Well, no, no. What I'm, what is St. Jude's? I'm sorry, I don't remember this. So, um, I I can you tell Christian me a little? Children's Hospital for. For cancer kids. Oh, oh, I, I don't know uh, about that. I, I wish I could give you more information. Now, uh, Dean, you're certainly welcome to call back in on Friday. I believe we have Brad Dacus with us on Friday again. Uh, if if uh, that's indeed the the program that it was on, but I I can't comment on on that. I I don't know uh, about that. Do you know anything about uh, um, St. Jude's? I do not, only that it is a children's research hospital for children with cancer, and I'm sure they're trying to help a lot of families. And um, But as far as um, uh, what I, 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 no, I don't, honestly. I mean, there's places you can give and, and donate if you feel led to help that, support their research, I suppose. But um, yeah, not really clear on, on any more than that. Wish I could help you more on that. Well, that's okay. I, uh, I just thought I'd give it a shot because they've been one of my... You know, we all have our pet charity kind of things, and, and, and everybody does. Everybody, like the food bank or the pregnancy center or sure. like St. Jude's or whatever for children. And and I, I don't think it had to do with the children themselves being treated. I think it was some kind of financial thing with – I can't remember. I was in my shop, and my machines are loud, and I couldn't hear your show very well that day. And I, I wondered – I wanted to get this cleared up in my mind, so maybe if I need to shift my my uh, uh, my offering, because there's a lot of places that can take an offering, you know, food bank, sure. whatever. Oh, sure. So so anyway, okay. Uh, how about I'll just I'll just call back Friday then and, and see if it was Brad who was, yeah. who was telling us that there uh-huh. was a there was something there. I recall it, that he said something about St. Jude's in particular and. And and I didn't. I wasn't able to hear the rest of it. And I wanted to, you know, I want. I want my. <laughs> the, the only gift I've got is, if you have a little money, give it away. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. I. I. I think that's good. And I. I mean, as far as having a beloved heart, I. I. I do. Uh, I always try to support that which furthers the kingdom directly, um, uh, because again. Uh, when we're gone, uh, there may very well be research in hospitals uh, that will continue. But the message of the gospel, if the rapture was to come, uh, will will be severely curtailed. Uh, so I, I always try to support those things 
that are directly part of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm not saying that helping uh, children's hospitals is not not helping because I know when we help our fellow man, that's a real blessing from God. But um, John, any last thoughts on that? No, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I think, hey, that's a blessing that you want to give. You want to be led by the spirit, you know, let each man give as he purposes in his heart, allow the Lord to lead you. And, um, and so I'm sure the Lord will give you wisdom as you seek him on that. So I hope that helps. Calling is, is for that, that wisdom, because I, I think Brad had said something about there was a problem and, and I, I want to be careful with what I have to give because it's, it's not very much, but it's, it's a lot to you though. It's a lot to you. And, and, uh, again, God sees it all. So no, I, I would say, Dean, just, just perhaps give us a call back on Friday and we'll do our very best. Okay. Food and everything. So as, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's provided for me and I, I'm happy to provide for somebody else if I'm able to, you know, so, uh, thank you very much. That's all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I caught you off guard. No, uh, Dean, that's fine. That's, that's why we're here. Okay. So we'll see what we can do. And, uh, All right. Well, blessings to you. And uh, like I say, give us a call back. Let's go to Bruce, Redding, California. Hi, welcome. Well, hello, guys. I uh, was just listening to Patsy um, talk, and I'm very familiar with the uh, the church that she was talking about. And I have to be very careful because I've got neighbors and friends that go there. But it's a very concerning place by what's going on Mm -hmm. because they've been touting grave-sucking, and, you know, like, I, th- I believe that praying over Christians' graves to get the blessings that they left when they passed away. Right, grave soaking. Well, what happened? Yeah, great, something, yeah, something like that. Well, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, there was a two-year-old child that had passed away. And they were not going to bury the child until they had, I think, three or four days where they were all going to pray over this baby to be brought back to life. And all my friends in church were so, we were disturbed by this, like, what is this going on? And we are being inundated. We, we can't even get rentals around this area because they're coming from all over the world to this cool school of supernatural ministry, I think, believe what they call right. it. Um, it's, it's very scary. And, and I, I know the words that what I would call it, but I'm going to be very careful because uh, I don't want to step on that area because some of these people I've been ministering to, and it's a battle. They believe in such a certain, oh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to hear. But uh, just so Patsy knows, I, I just recommend everybody just stay away from that. It's, it's, it's sad. Yeah, it looks like they're also part of the new uh, apostolic uh, reformation, which is very concerning. That definitely Bethel's involved in that and others are involved in that. And, um, that would that is very concerning, and um, there are some connections there, as was mentioned uh, with these two guys. He calls himself the apostle of this particular area, and um, that that is concerning to me as well, Mike. Amen. Uh, yeah, and and being we're not, you know, like I say, I, we're not there. But uh, uh, when you get into trying to contact the dead or things like this, I think that that again, it it. Looks super spiritual, but but there's real problems. So anyway, Bruce, I, I sure thank you for the call and a heads up there because, again, um, these ideas, you know, uh, gold dust blowing out of the 
and feathers blowing out of the air conditioners in the church and stuff yeah. like this. I mean, this kind of stuff. There's is, a, yeah, there's a there's a book that he wrote, Mike, and this will give you a little bit of insight entitled The Power to Heal. And the description of the book says this, every Christian has been sent and empowered by Jesus to heal the sick. The problem is many of us don't know how to practically complete this task. So that that's concerning right there. The opening line in the description of your book is that every Christian is sent and empowered by Jesus to heal the sick. Yeah, what and, does the he, Bible say there in you, chapter you 12? You know where that's going to you know yeah. where that's going to go. And this is going to help you to activate um God's healing power in your life and you know you just got to be careful of that kind of stuff. It's so interesting because it's it always it sounds good. It sounds good. Oh Lord, I want you to use me. And Lord, yes, I believe you have power and yes and but but you know it just it goes a different direction and and people get swept up into it, Mike, and we have to be these are the days when we really need to be um be aware of of what's being taught and really know our Bible. And that's why I'm so thankful for, you know, this this particular show and what we put on uh, the CSN uh, radio broadcast that that we we give the word so people can recognize what is truth and what is error. We need to be very careful in the days we're in because again, we we are I, I believe deception is everywhere. We need to be very careful. Bruce, thank you so much for the call. Thank you guys. You guys have a good day. You too. Stay online, if, by the way, if you like sending out the movie Jesus for calling in. Let's go to Renee in North Carolina. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes. How may we help? Okay. I called to ask for prayer. I'm sure most people know that today the uh, how the seat of the Speaker of the House was vacated. By yeah, yeah. Kevin McCarthy was voted out by, by uh, because they felt that the the, the the hard line of going farther and farther and farther in debt has to stop. And they are right. We are spending ourselves into a third world country right now. And rather than look at every single bill, uh, every single thing that needs money, and letting the the, the uh, House vote on that, they w- they do what's called pork barrel spending where just give us trillions of dollars and then we'll kind of figure out what we want to do with it. And the Republicans are saying enough of this stuff. This is why inflation is out of control right now. How much do you think, they just changed the law in California uh, next year, minimum wage is going to be $20 an hour. How much do you think a McDonald hamburger is going to cost when they're having to pay everybody there at least $20 an hour? So really, when we see what this is all doing, it's collapsing financially the United States. And your savings is evaporating by the minute. That's why your dollar doesn't buy much anymore. All your savings doesn't buy much as part of the plan. We're coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. And we're going to have a whole lot more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's something that could really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, plus is a low-cost option for people with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. 
Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor and get 24-7 telehealth from the comfort of your home. And here's the thing. If you join before October 30th, you'll get your second month free and save even more. I'll give you the number here in a second, but just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. The deadline against October 30th, so now is a great time to call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. Welcome back to part two of Timmy Man Answer here on this Tuesday afternoon with John Rendell. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And, you know, we have a call on the line right now with uh, Renee concerning uh, Kevin McCarthy, who was dismissed as the Speaker of the House um, because of a softening line towards America going farther in debt. Now, remember, everybody, you cannot continue, as any one of us know in our own personal credit cards and things like this, you can't keep spending your way farther and farther in debt without it ending in disaster. That's where America's headed right now. And so this is why uh, we're seeing an increase in interest rates because we borrow the money for all this crazy debt we're having from the World Bank. And we have been downgraded now because our debt is so high so we're never going to see, you know, a 3.5, you know, 4, 5% interest ever return to the United States because your inflationary rate is greater than what the bank will pay you in interest. So here's, here's the problem. If I'm going to, if inflation, I think is it right now about 13%, 12%. If I put $5 or, or my money in the bank and I get 5% interest, that means I'm losing 7% of its value in a year. Well, you think about your 401ks, your, 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 your retirement, all these different things. What happens is that, well, I have, a, I, I have $100,000 in the bank. Well, at one time, that would have bought you a really nice house what, in, in the mid-70s would have bought you a fabulous house. Now you can't even find a house for $100,000, hardly. So when we understand that when your money is not tied to anything other than a printing press, a bunch of bureaucracy, and your, your money is inflating away. 
And people go, oh, you know, I bought my house for this much money and now it's this much money and oh, look how much money I made. No, you still lost money because the inflation is going up faster than the value of the dollar. And there is your problem. And so the Republicans just said, no more. This pork barrel spending, you look at California, for instance, they can't make their bills. They're relying upon upon federal money for all kinds of stuff. Well, this is the problem. Is it right to tax people in Kansas and Idaho and Nebraska to pay for California's absolute insane spending? No. So these, so the only way they can do it is what's called pork barrel spending. This has been a, a lot of normal over the last few years. But you find, this is where you find that, you know, $10 million were awarded to study the mating habits of, of, a, of a fly in, 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 in New York or something. Well, yeah, maybe they don't want an infestation. But the problem is you got all this money going all these different places rather than being voted on individually in a bill. It's pork barrel. It's all thrown in there. Give us another trillion dollars and kick America farther down the road to poverty. That's what's happening. And so uh, I believe they they removed him for this reason, uh, not taking a harder line than 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 he needed to do. Um, but yeah, we we need to definitely pray for our nation because we are spiraling into debt now. This is this is unsustainable. And when it breaks, it'll be probably the end of of America as we know it. Now, remember, you have the 2030 United Nations homogenization of of nations of the world. Uh, We talked about it last week some, where the United Nations wants all the nations of the world, as in John Lennon's own words, the world will be as one. Well, you can't do that with a strong America. You have to break America. And that's exactly what they do. And part of this group of people that are doing these things, it's really scary because of their of their reckless, absolutely reckless spending. And you know, John, your thoughts, because we got we got some we got some real issues ahead for everybody. I mean, everybody's tapped out on their credit cards. Well, how much more can you go? Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it, honestly. I don't feel that I'm an expert on uh, all things that go on in the Republican Party and or politically any party. <laughs> or any party for that matter. Um, I, I just, you know, in seasons like this, I think um, I just keep my eyes on Jesus. And I would encourage all of our readers not to allow the things of this world to, you know, we've got today, Mike. We've got today. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. And I, we, we just handle today. And when tomorrow comes, there'll be grace for tomorrow. And we trust the Lord. I, I think we should pray for our leaders. I think we should vote the best that we can. Um, but at the same time, I, I find that a lot of people get worried. They get anxious. They get fearful. And I, I, the Lord has said he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. And so um, I do think we need to pray for our nation. And there's a lot of uh, requests, uh, obviously. And so that, that would be my counsel. If It's not so much a biblical question, but certainly exhorting us to pray for our nation. Renee, I hope that helps dear. Again, uh, uh, we, we have to live each day. We got to do what God's called us to do. Uh, I can't change everything, but I can change what God helps me change. And so that's what I want to do. And so again, uh, streams of white light into darkened corners is what we do. 
I, I hope that helps. Well, I wanted to give some information about the representative who's been named temporary speaker. He was my representative for many years before redistricting. He is best described as an establishment status quo Republican. And my request specifically is that God will give him the humility and the wisdom to learn the lessons from what's been done today and take the Congress in the direction that's right for the country. Well, amen. And we need to take, uh, pray for that, uh, that uh, they take the uh, country in the direction that God will be pleased and not punish us. Because the Bible is replete with uh, nations that became wicked and God destroyed them. Whether we're looking at uh, cities or countries, Sodom and Gomorrah, you look at the the uh, Assyrian Empire, you look at the Babylonian Empire, you look at the Roman Empire, you look at these different empires down through the history of man. It hasn't been good. And so we want to be about our daddy's business. Renee, thanks for the call. Stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus, and uh, always that will encourage us. But you know, I think a lot of people right now, we're all greatly concerned. Stay in line, Renee. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Rick, San Jose, California. Hi, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. I got a. I have a financial question. Funny you're asking these people are calling in about that. With the debt currently at $31 trillion and increasing every day in inflation, stagflation keeps going up and up and up. Yep. And I want to be, I want to be a good steward with, my, um, with what God gives me. Is it time to cut bait and diversify my money and buy commodities like maybe gold or silver or oil? What would, what would you think? What do you think? Well, here, here's the problem. Um, uh, you know, if, if, you know, people, I, I always told people, you know, people go, well, I bought some gold bars. Well, you're in trouble then because nobody's going to take a gold bar for, for, uh, for payment. Uh, the reason why is how do I know uh, that that isn't just gold-plated lead. I don't know. So we have to saw off a chunk of it to take it and have it analyzed by an assay office to find out if it's really pure gold or cut or just, like I say, gold-plated uh, metal. Um, uh, this is a problem. Now, we say, well, you can go to gold coins, but here's the problem. What uh, The problem with gold is you can't eat it. Uh, it's It's... it's uh, it's it's stable in some ways, but in other ways, it's only good if there's something to buy. Um, I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again. Grandma gives two of her granddaughters uh, $1,000 in 1964. To one, she gave 1,000 paper dollars. To the other one, she gave 1,000 silver dollars. And in 1964, you could go to the bank and get whichever one you chose. Well... 1964, $1,000 would buy you a new Volkswagen Bug, pretty close to it. Uh, in, and, and so they both had $1,000. They slid the money under their bed, and here we are some 50-some years later, 60 years later, and, and um, they call each other and said, hey, do you still have the money Grandma gave us? Yeah, I, I got my, my $1,000 in, the, in, in a little chest under the bed. How about you? Yeah, I got 1000 silver dollars in the chest under mine. Well, they take it out. The thousand paper dollars won't buy you any kind of a you. It will barely buy you a set of tires. 
On the other hand, the thousand silver dollars, if you cash them in, they're worth about $25 a piece. That's $25,000. What would $1,000 buy you in 1964? A new car. What will $25,000 buy you today? A new car. It's where the money was not tied to something tangible. The government says it's worth whatever we say it's worth. Well, when you're printing millions and millions of dollars, trillions of dollars more than you have to back it up, you're, it's just because it just becomes paper monopoly money. And this is the problem. So, Rick, you know, I think the best investment that anybody can do is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I, I think we need to be wise, you know, as serpents, harmless as doves. Pay off what you can pay off. If your house is not paid off, probably that's a good idea. Um, but we realize that there is going, they're, they're deliberately doing this to America and they're doing it to bring it down. And, uh, again, I, I really believe that we are in some, some real troubled times. And certainly here on CSN, we've got a couple of really good, different financial programs that I think would be more qualified to give you the, the, um, directionality that you need on, on on these kind of investments and things. Uh, um, I just basically just try to take care of home plate uh, and, and, and stuff. But, you know, uh, you just want to remember with, with buying gold, and I'm not opposed to that. I do believe that we as Christians need to be wise, be diversified. I think you put all your uh, eggs in one gold basket, you, that can bite you. I think, or anything else. I think we need to be led by the Spirit. And God may have you support a mission or a mission field endeavor or something which will pay long-term eternal dividends rather than something temporal. I, I think we just need to be really smart. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I am uh, not qualified to answer on whether or not a person should uh, be buying gold. Um, I'm not as I'm not versed on that at all. However, I will say, as you were asking the question, Rick, I saw it come up on the screen. There was a passage of scripture that came to mind, and it's what Jesus said in Revelation to a church that thought that they were rich and wealthy and they had need of nothing. And Jesus said to them, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy, you have need of nothing and you don't know. He said that you're poor, wretched, blind, and naked. And then he said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed and 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 that the shame of your nakedness would not be revealed and anoint your eyes with salve. And he went on to say that they would repent. And Mike, I think some of the financial crisis that is happening right now and the squeeze that we're feeling in this country yeah. is to bring us to the awareness that without God, we're not going to make it. We got we to go to him for the gold that he has, what he provides, and look to him for our supply and for our resources. And I think, man, when you when suddenly the the pocketbook is hit, suddenly everybody starts to look somewhere People be, get more aware of their need. You know, when everything's fine financially, we we don't really, you know, why do I need to look to God? But when things aren't going as well financially, suddenly people start asking the questions. Well, how, where do I find these things that last for eternity, that are eternal? Jesus said, ask, come to me and buy from me gold and I'll give it to you. And something's far more valuable that is eternal than just what is temporal. But at the same time, be a good steward of what God's given to you. Invest wisely and uh, as he leads you. Hope that uh, hope that uh, 
answers it for you, Rick. Uh, again, we've got some really good programs here on CSN, um, and uh, you're certainly welcome to tune in. I'm, I think they'll they'll really be able to steer you. Uh, it's funny, John, you said, I don't think I'm qualified to tell people whether to buy gold or not. I'm not sure the people that are selling gold are qualified to tell you that or not because they've got a they've got their their hand in the pocket as well. So, um, but I I don't know. I I, I really believe that again. Um, and here's the other thing I think is so important. We need to find out what God wants you to do. We need to find out what God wants me to do. And you know, well, everybody's buying gold. I guess I'll buy gold. I want to be careful of that. I want to. I want to do what God wants me to do, and it may be totally unrelated with what God is using anybody else for. Because, again, it's easier to copycat than it is to pray. And I would just invite everybody to really, God, what direction do you want me to take in my life? I want to be careful not to do what the crowd is doing, but what do you want me to do? Because it may be something so wonderful, so totally radically different than how God is using everybody else, that that's how, how God will, will bring about perhaps a revival or uh, help a lot of people in some way. I don't know. But I, I know that oftentimes, and in the Bible, it's easier. Uh, uh, if you remember in the Old Testament, David was up against the Philistines. And he was going to meet the uh, Philistines and right before they descended into the valley, he prayed and he said, Lord, is this what you want me to do? And the Lord says, yes, go out there in the, in the valley. I'll deliver them into your hand. In the same chapter, he's up against the same battle array. And rather than rely on the experience that he had from the last battle, he said, I'm going to pray again. And he prayed and the Lord said to him, do not go out into the valley and meet them hide here in the Tiberneth trees and take them by surprise. And he did that, and God delivered to David a great victory. But we see, we're, we're really, we have a tendency to just say, well, this is the way God performed before and answered my prayer, so this is the way he'll always do it. Well, I want to be careful not to look around at what everybody else is doing and say, well, that's what God always does. God may want to do something totally different, in our lives this time than even the last time that God delivered us, much more than when we look around at other Christians or other organizations and say, what are they doing? This is what I need to do. So Rick, um, I just want to encourage you to be about your daddy's business, pray about everything, and uh, I'll send you the movie Jesus and a little book called Time to Grow, okay? I appreciate it, Mike. Have a good afternoon. You helped a lot. God bless you, Rick. And let's go to Brian in Mesa, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. How may we help? So um, this past weekend I had a friend who had passed away, and I'm quite sure he wasn't saved. Um, So that's been haunting me. But I'm wondering, is there anything that says that I shouldn't, as a believer, pay my respects at a funeral? No, I I don't think so, because I think you have right there, Brian, an illustrated sermon. You've got uh, someone uh, that you're remembering, and there's no guarantee that everybody won't be back in that same room in a week over somebody that's in that room. So I think really funerals are a really great time. As a pastor, I always give an altar call 
at, at funerals because uh, it's an illustrated sermon. Um, but no, I, I think there are a lot of people there that look at the frailty of life. They're looking for answers. And I know a lot of people who have been led to the Lord uh, at funeral services because death becomes real. It's not some abstract idea, oh, someday I'll die or my friends will die, but it is real. Your thoughts, John? In Romans chapter 12, verse 15, the Apostle Paul exhorts us as believers to rejoice with those who rejoice and also to weep with those who weep. It's okay to attend a memorial service, even for a non-believer, and there may be an opportunity for you to minister. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse four, Brian, it says that the Lord comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This may be a divine appointment for you, uh, Brian, as you attend yeah. this memorial. And knowing what you know, that there's life beyond the grave, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in him, and uh, there may be some who will have that opportunity to hear and, and just be open as you go. Pray, pay your respects, obviously. Be an encouragement to the family who's left with questions, and what do we do now? But but look for an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that environment where um, there's a lot of sorrow and a lot of grief, especially if they didn't have the hope of heaven. Amen. And... Uh... Again, I think the saddest thing there is is to go to a funeral where the person wasn't a Christian because, you know, this is this is goodbye. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, I think it's a a great opportunity to take there to lead people to Christ to just share your faith. I'll send you some things that um, uh, that you may be able to use, uh, and uh, if you know if it doesn't get there before you do. You know, tell them, hey, next time I see you, I'll, I'll give you some things. So, uh, but I, I really believe that this is so important that we take every opportunity we can to tell people about Jesus. Brian, I hope that helps. It is. Thank you very much. Brian, stay in line. We'll get those materials out to you. When, when is the funeral? Um, I'm not sure. They just, uh, it's, I think it's next week sometime. Okay. Well, we'll get those out to you in the mail tomorrow. So uh, I'll, I'll get those to you. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. God bless you, Brian. Stay in line. Let's go to Beverly, Maricopa, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi, pastors. Thank you for what you're doing. God is good. Um, How many my, we? Yes, he is. Um, my question is, a Christian who believes in all millennialism, is that a salvation issue for them? Okay, John, your thoughts. Well, just to clarify, maybe some of you are listening and wondering, what is all millennialism? Um, all millennialism uh, sees the first coming of Jesus as the inauguration of the kingdom and his return as the consummation of the kingdom. This mill position that people hold sees the book of Revelation as having numerous uh, camera angle approaches. And so they, they spiritualize it. They don't believe in the the literal thousand years and uh, that these things are going to be fulfilled in the church age. And so I would definitely disagree with that position. And there's plenty of scripture um, that would uh, refute that position. Um, the question being, is it a salvation issue? Well, the salvation issue has to, would be, what do they think about Jesus? What do they think about the work of Christ? How is somebody saved? Um, I, you know, there, there is a saying that we use quite often, and that is in essentials, unity 
in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. There are many godly men throughout the ages who were all millennial. Um, I don't think they are anymore. Uh, many of them have gone home to be with the Lord. I was thinking of some of the ones before. Um, but I, I would say that it's not a salvation issue, but it is an important issue, and it does shape how you view the end times and your eschatology. So, But it's, it's a different issue from salvation. So there's godly people who would hold to that view that love Jesus and are saved, but we differ on a literal, and we believe here, a literal thousand-year reign because, well, that's what it says in the Bible. Um, but then there are others that would spiritualize it, Mike. So I don't think it's a salvation issue, um, but it's definitely worth a conversation. Yeah, because it may not be that, but see, the the thing is, is that those that that embrace this, um, when the one world order happens, it's very possible they could be embracing the Antichrist, because the next event is the rapture of the church. Biblically speaking, Paul talked about it. First Corinthians fifteen, it's in Thessalonians, it's mentioned Jesus Himself, Matthew twenty four. As in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and, and given in marriage. This is not explo- This is not describing the second coming of Christ in Revelation, where mere survival is all man can can uh, really uh, eke out in a in a horrible horrible uh, world where every living uh, thing in the sea has died, all the trees are burned up, the water is unfit to drink, etc. It's hardly as in the days of Noah. It was in the days of uh, of of uh, complete destruction is the second coming of Christ. So, looking at that, I really believe that we were were in a in a place uh, that I think is so important um, to to again um, remind people what truth is. Um, and I I I would here's where I run into trouble with this is. Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. But yet some man or some organization says, oh, no, no, Jesus, he was crazy when he said that. <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about, man, uh, because Jesus is not coming back. He, he's coming back and, 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 and he's going to set up his kingdom on earth. So the idea of the imminent return of Christ uh, does not fit a millennialism. It just doesn't. And so you're really telling people something contrary than what the Bible says. Now, maybe a person believes that because, well, that's just what I was told. Yeah, I don't think maybe it might be a salvation issue. I believe people that deliberately distort God's word, I think they're going to be held in a different accountability. The Bible says they will be. And so that's where an issue may be an issue there. Beverly, I hope that sheds some light on it, okay? Yeah, it does. Uh, so they don't believe in the rapture? No. They believe that... It, John, any last thoughts? Yeah, this is an old, old view. Uh, most of the reformers held to that view in the 16th century, but a lot's changed. A lot of them couldn't see the nation of Israel coming back together as a nation, Mike. Amen. And, uh, but I think so much has been fulfilled. Amen. So, Beverly, stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. Time to grow. Jeremy, the rest, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. And thanks, John, again for being on the program. It's always a blessing to be with you. Have a blessed evening. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes Store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 